0: hey everybody welcome to the faith church podcast i am one of your hosts jay williams joining me today is christoph katzbeck
1: hey jay christoph you had to think about that for a moment well no not the fact that i was here with you but what your name was you had i did
0: well it's one of those it's one of those days (laughs) where i'm not i was like wait who am i what am i doing doing a podcast with christoph yeah i'm here jeff is not no no everybody's sad are you sad i don't know i don't Yes. I'm sad that Jeff's not here. I'm not, that doesn't mean that I'm sad you're here. Yeah. No, I got, I got. I can it. have, I can hold two different emotions at the same time.
1: That is incredible. You are a, an emotionally complex human being. I am. I'm very complex.
0: <laughs> I can feel sad about two different things that seem like they're contradictory, but they're not.
1: But they're not. Hey. Wow. Yeah. There's a lesson in that.
0: Jeff's fine, by the way. Yeah. This is not totally abnormal. Just wasn't working out for him this year. You're, it works out for you. That and that happens.
1: Me. That happens. I'm 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 happy to be here. You know, it's I, I enjoy. Yeah. It brings me back to my radio days. So this is Why actually the bring... exact type of microphone I would have in front of me. Why? Why? are
0: you Like, like dude, nobody remembers your radio days anymore. That's not true.
1: That's not true. I get reminded all the time.
0: I don't remember your radio days. We
1: were we uh, we, we. So I'm coaching soccer this year. Yeah. And our, I know our bus driver, somebody who comes to church yeah. here. I know. In our in our. I don't game, want to say his name. Our, well, uh, yeah. I'm, but he was driving us to Door County. Jared.
0: Which, yeah. You can't do that. I can't do it.
1: Uh, I just did it. We were driving to Door County, which is where the radio station was. And he turned to look back at me and he went, it's like I'm actually cruising with Kristoff.
0: Oh. Which was, was the tri- name of
1: my afternoon show. He's so clever. It was good. That was, yeah. That is actually yeah. pretty
0: clever. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, this is not cruising with Kristoff. No. This is fumbling, fumbling through with <laughs> Jay and Kristoff, um, obviously. So. Uh, and you actually had to just listen to the sermon because you don't pay attention on Sundays. No,
1: I had to teach. I had to, I had to cover um, Faith Kids. So
0: It should make everybody feel better to know that when I say, if I preached and I say, um, hey, do you want to do the podcast with me? The number of times that the response from either you or Jeff is, yeah, <laughs> I need to listen. Let me listen to it again. Um, usually they say again if they're there, and what's funny is I've done the same thing to you guys. I was gonna like, say oh, it's exactly opposite with you. Yeah, I should probably uh, I should probably read or listen to the sermon. So if you ever get through a Sunday and you're like, man, I don't know, it's not that you're not paying attention, but if you ever get through a Sunday and you think I'm not sure if I remember exactly like what was the sermon about today, you're not alone.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel really blessed that we live in an age where I can go and listen to it or I can take some time, you know, I yeah. either got on the podcast app or on YouTube or whatever. So, um, yeah, I do that frequently, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know if it's unfortunate.
0: I think it's just a, it's just a thing.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't go back and listen. If I preached it, I don't go back and listen to it mostly because I don't, I hate that. I feel so badly for the students when I teach, um, preaching at seminary and, um, and I make them, preach and then watch themselves I make them record it on video and then watch themselves and listen to themselves and they always hate it and I'm always like I totally get it mm-hmm. I, I it's the worst
1: yeah but, going back to my radio days I had to, I had to do that yeah. all the time air checks I had to yeah. do it once a week with my program director it was yeah. awful
0: yeah nobody likes it no no one likes seeing themselves or hearing themselves
1: I did love, I will say, when you texted me and you're like, Hey, can you do the podcast with me today? I loved when I when I pulled up the podcast and the name of the so this whole past summer we've been preaching through the Psalms. Yeah. And so the title has always just been Psalm yeah. whatever and then something with it. But this this Sunday, the name of your sermon title was Fall Pep Talk. <laughs> was like, Is that what I did? It was fall pep talk. Which yeah. I don't know if that was Jeff's like decision or something. No, but. it was it
0: uh so so yeah, the titles always happen on sunday after the after the service is over and some people who are listening to this have probably seen this process happen where jeff just stands very patiently jeff bauer stands very patiently as i'm talking to somebody with his pen and paper in hand and what he is waiting for is a title to put on so he can post it online and many many times i am Stuck often, I ask whoever I'm talking to, like, Hey, what do you think? and then I just blurt something out and say, Go for it. And yeah. since Jeff Clossy had talked about this as like a pep talk, I was like, eh. So I thought it was um, great. That's I saw what the, we did,
1: yeah. I saw the title, and I just like, I immediately my senses went to the exact opposite of what's going on outside right now. So we're recording right now, and it's like bizarrely humid and warm outside, but my mind went to the changing fall leaves yeah. nice and cool outside. We're all like huddled up and, and you're kind of get like, we're like around a bonfire and you're given like this like pep talk. And I'm like, okay, all right. And that's kind of what, kind of what the sermon felt like. It really felt like it was like a, Hey, um, it was a, it was an awesome, I don't know. I was very encouraged, yeah. um, by the message. So, oh. well, thanks. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, it was one of those. that's like, well, that is what it is. Hopefully it's encouraging to somebody and hopefully, and yeah, I think, I I I wanted to try to reorient us. I know that I mean the aim is like as you get to the end of the summer summer for most people is a time where you know you're trying I don't know there's a that's a lot a lot of times where people take vacations. It's when people are, you know, um, trying, they're trying to slow down or whatever, and I know our culture is always like, I don't ever slow down, and I get it. But I mean, overall, in the normal rhythm of our culture, summer is known as the time of of um, kind of like rest in a lot of ways, um, and then going into the fall, the fall is what actually feels like a a new year.
1: It Definitely feels like a changing of rhythms. Right? Yeah, it's like a, yeah. You're you're entering these new rhythms, mm-hmm. and these are quote-unquote supposed to be kind of the rhythms that last for a majority of the year. When you're in the summertime, those rhythms get interrupted. You, you, they look a little bit different. But So that's kind of why I, I thought it was a really good frame of reference for as we are heading into these rhythms to think about those rhythms, what that looks like, whether it's school or work or, or whatever, and, and how can we begin to ask this question of, and I, and I wrote this this just this you were going through reflecting God's glory, and I thought that that was such a cool concept to think about every aspect of life. How do, I, how, how do those rhythms reflect God's glory? And, and I, I love that concept. I thought that was great, especially heading into these rhythms. Yeah,
0: and I think I mean, one habit that I think it's good for all of us to be into is when you're going into those natural rhythms of life and you kind of look at it, and everyone's is going to be different, but I think it's really critical to take a step back and say, okay, what are the natural rhythms of my life? So regardless of when that is for you, everybody has a rhythm to their to their year. And for some people, like if you're a teacher, then there's a very clear rhythm that this is really the beginning of a new year and you know the summer is a, the time away. If you, um, but if you work another job or as a parent or whatever the situation is, we all have rhythms. Some of our rhythms go very much in line with, um, with the weather. Like I know people who work in road construction. And their rhythm is summer is their busy time. Summer is when they're gone all the time and they're working. And then the winter is when they are kind of down. But re- whatever it is, it's a really critical thing to be intentional and thoughtful as you enter into a new rhythm because or into a new season. Because whatever rhythms you kind of start that season with, so often we start unintentionally. And then before you know it, like you're already well into that season. And it's hard to um, go back and try to be intentional at that point. So an example is, it's good, we try to be intentional about the summer, like how are we going to use the summer? We've all had the experience of, if the summer is part of your downtime, we've all had the experience of, wow, summer's already half over, and you feel like, man, I had all these ideas, you know, in, in February, I had all these ideas of what I wanted to do in the summer, and now it's like late July, and. Um, and so we've all had that experience and I was just trying to get ahead of that a little bit of saying, listen, before you know it, it's going to be Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and like all that stuff happens. Like September is when you really can kind of really get your mind around something as you're starting a new season. If this is a start to the season that you're wrapping your brain around, okay, how do I, how do I want to function intentionally and just trying to give our church, um, some tools, some tools with that.
1: Yeah, and so I th- I think like one of the first tools you really talked about or, or or really zoned in on was this idea of reflecting God's glory, and and I love that because it does require, and you did follow that up with being aware, right? You were talking about being aware, but yeah, I feel like that's one of those ambiguous terms that we use, g- uh, giving God glory. Yeah, and, you know, it's 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 a fun catchphrase we throw on coffee mugs, "Soli Deo Gloria," to God alone be the glory. Um, and I it's don't have that coffee good. mug. Well, I do. Anyways. Um, but we never, but, but, it. but that can sometimes be something we don't have actual meat and bones to. And so when, when you say that, when you say reflecting God's glory, you gave a few examples, but could you maybe unpack that a little bit more of like, what, what does it look like to reflect God's glory?
0: Yeah, I think, so what I was trying to get at was the fact that we're made in the image of God. And so everything we do is we are, we are image bearers. And so, the way that we function in an everyday life should say something about our creator should reflect something about him and everything about God is glorious. Right. So like God's, when we talk about God's glory, we're basically just saying, just pointing to him, letting him like seeing him for who he is. So we don't make God look better. Like we can't make God look better to somebody. We can't like, it's not like, well, I want to glorify my, I, you know, I want to glorify my wife, so I want people to see like the best sides of her or whatever, or or praise her in a way so that it draws attention to something. That it's a little different with God, obviously, because God is just, He is glorious just in who He is. So by nature, by virtue of the fact of me functioning as an image bearer, as He created me to function, I am giving glory to Him. Uh, you know, we think about that in nature; that we would say that about nature. You'd say when a bird is like flying and, and singing, um, we would say it's glorifying God because it's doing what it was created to do. The mountains, by just being there and being majestic, are glorifying God in the fact that they are being majestic as they were created to be. So nature does that really well. Nature um, naturally uh, go figure. You know, yeah, go figure. Nature <laughs> naturally glorifies God because it just they just do what they do. It is. Right? Yeah. Like it just chipmunks do what chipmunks do, what they were designed to do. They don't they don't break out like you don't ever see a chipmunk just going over and just deciding like I'm gonna try to lay an egg, you know, or whatever. I like this is getting really weird. But again, you know, yeah, you just yeah. like a chipmunk's a chipmunk. And so but we are different in that we were created in God's image in a personal way to reflect his nature and his character. So um, because our God is loving, we reflect that when we are loving, when we are compassionate, when we speak um, truth, when we are, uh, when we are forgiving, we are reflecting God's nature, which is another way of saying reflecting God's glory um, if, that, if that makes sense. So just trying to get our minds around that realizing that that happens in all the things every day not just in the things that we think of as religious activities. You don't just glorify God when you go to church or are reading the Bible um, or singing Christian songs. That is glorifying to God in the fact that you're being an image bearer and who you're created to be, but it's in all the things. So I was trying to point that out in everything, whether it's uh, a profession that it seems very obvious, like we talked about, teacher or doctor, or in doing a menial task or something that seems very detached from any um, religious experience, like like changing a
1: diaper. But not everything we do brings God glory,
0: right? When we're not acting as image bearers.
1: So how do we know the difference?
0: Well. How do you know the difference? It's a good question.
1: I f- I feel like that's and I, yeah I, I don't know I feel like that's that can feel obvious sometimes, theologically. But if it's easy for us to miss the fact that we are glorifying God in changing diapers, because I have a two year old, and let me tell you, sometimes it does not feel like I am glorifying yeah. God, and you know you just don't you don't recognize that. If it's easy to miss that, then then how can we better I, what what what, what yeah. yeah? Could you give us any sort of tools to help? I mean, that's what I tried to
0: do with like practicing the presence. And actually somebody asked a question and we have a formal question that I'm excited to get to here in, in a minute. But, but one of the quick questions I had was like, how do you practice his presence? Like if he's present, he's just present. Like what does it mean to practice? And all I mean is it's the discipline of being aware of his presence. So when you're aware of his presence, then that, that really helps understanding like even that is, is such a catalyst into like being mindful of glorifying him or not. So like for me, an example was last week I, um, I had a bad parenting moment where I just basically was done. Yeah. And I remember I was standing at the door and I thought like I needed to work on my sermon. And so I thought I'm just going to go to the office. Like it was, it was on actually it was on Saturday. Um, and I'm like, I'm just going to go to the office, but I stopped and I'm like literally, you know, writing a sermon about practicing the presence. And so like, I'm like, okay, God, you are with me here in this moment. Jesus, you are, you are here through the power of the Holy spirit. You are tangibly actually here. So it's not like a philosophy of like, Oh, what does my philosophy of religion? Tell me I should do in this moment. Like you are here with me. What does that look like right now? Like what would, how would I reflect your nature and your character. And I, I believe like the, the Holy spirit led me in that to say like, well, he wouldn't leave right now. He would go in and, and sit with your kids. And, um, I didn't, I didn't want to, I was, I was done. And anyone that's been a parent knows those moments where you're like, I'm, I'm done and I'm, I'm grateful that I have a godly wife who was there and present. So they are safe and they are like, whatever. Yeah. But like it's tag, I'm out. It's your turn. Um, and I had a moment there where I'm saying, okay, am I going to glorify myself? Am I going to be in the image of my sinful flesh, which would be to act in, in harmony with that. Am I going to act in harmony with my sinful flesh, therefore glorifying the self and go because that's what I want to do. That's what's easiest. Or am I going to trust him and, and say, okay, in faith, I'm going to be present right now with my family, thereby glorifying God in his presence with us, even when we're difficult. Yeah. Right. Like, so God, God doesn't ever take off. God doesn't ever look at us and say, you're kind of a handful today. I'm going to the office. I'm checking out. And so in that moment, like practicing his presence was the only thing because like, look, I could there's a million biblical verses that I could come up with that would have justified leaving, like kind of withdrawing, like giving myself time to cool off, giving, you know, like trusting, leaning on Lauren to help. Bear that burden, like I mean, there's all kinds of things that we can use to satisfy, like what we really want to do, and and defend to ourselves what we really want to do. But when you're practicing his presence, and you have that, and you develop that over time of hearing his voice and knowing him, then it's kind of hard to sit there and say, "Oh yeah, Jesus, totally." What you would do is jump in the car and run away.
1: Right. Right. No, I can't. What I what I love about a, that example, and I, I'm thankful that you you shared it, is that. Yeah, it could feel really on its face like well, you you are a, a pastor, you're going to go write a sermon, like you're going to you're going to sure. cool down, so like there could be a million different justifications and you could take the reasons for for that justification, but instead you 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 slow down, you know, and yeah, practicing practicing the presence of God. I remember you mentioning that 3 or 4 years ago. Um I think it was here in the office or something and it, it really stuck with me because it is something that i think we neglect often and we we justify the things and we miss out on what really could bring god glory in that moment and it goes to show that like we can't just point to specific things because we could justify anything it's like the heart behind the matter it's it's the where is right. god leading me in this moment and um and we 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 miss that we miss that yet what scripture says is we had the Holy Spirit with us if, if we believe the Holy Spirit is with us why would we not trust the Holy Spirit then to um, guide us in those moments so I yeah I think that's great and I think even the concept of practicing the presence as a tool to think about how to reflect God's glory and the difference between when is this reflecting God's glory and when is this not reflecting God's glory when am I when am I being an image bearer and when am I when is this not bearing the image of God and a good way of asking that is okay well like how am I pra- how am I being aware of how God is here with with me now? I, I think that's a really good, that's kind of a good place to hang on to. I don't think it's the end all be all, but it's a no. really good tool to have in that kit.
0: Well, and and it's important to state that when we say practice, it's not practice in the sense of like when you practice a flute, like it's 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 putting into action. Yeah, so it's not yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. not game time. It's like oh, you should practice so that when you're when the real stuff happens, then you're ready. It's not that it's, it's just putting into action. Um, this belief that we have, that we are indwelled by the Holy spirit, which means the presence of God is in us and with us at all times. We, we don't, you know, you and I were just talking today about deism. Like we don't, we don't ascribe to deism that just that God created us. And so there is a higher power, a higher creation that that there, a higher, um, yeah, higher being, that created us and then just let us go and just said like, okay, well, I've given you all you need now, just go and live your life. But a lot of us function that way, right? right? Yeah. A lot of us function as though God says, I gave you the, the handbook and I gave you your reason and your logic and your, and so you're good. You don't need me. So, like well, Yeah, no, we and that's know. not
1: at all. Yeah, we know that God is, God is alive and interacting with our world. Intimately it, involved, yeah, int- yeah, intimately. Every
0: in yeah. every moment, and the, and and my hope is, and I know there's the tension there that that once you realize that, and you realize that every moment of your day is actually a sacred moment because of the presence of the divine. That was part of what I wanted to get across is that you don't have a moment that isn't sacred. You only have moments that you don't see as that, and you just like you check out and. And I don't—and I think if if you take that, but don't combine it with an understanding of God's demeanor towards us in that, that um, if you take—so if you just take the, the weight of every moment is sacred, and you combine it with legalism and performance-based Christianity, then that will crush you.
1: Yeah, that— sounds awful.
0: And so what we often do is, right, like to defend ourselves or to protect ourselves from that crushing weight, what we do is rather than changing our view of how God interacts with us and invites us into his work, we change his presence. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we yeah. compartmentalize that. So we talk about being off-duty, you know, in, in um, even in ministry. Like I hear it from pastors of like, I'm just, I'm off the clock. So like I just want to... um and I remember even saying something like this of man, I just, I just want to go to a party where I'm not the pastor. Like, you know, birthday party. Just right. want to go to a birthday party and just not and just be Jay. But here's what's crazy about that. My role as an image bearer, as Jay, without forget about my like the title of pastor or job or vocation of pastor. The image bearer, Jay, is that's a weighty. That's all the weight that I need. The other stuff is actually the add-on. And so, um, sure, if I'm, what I'm saying is, I want to go to a birthday party and not have the title, you know. And so, it's understandable that I would want to go to a birthday party and not be asked about the church budget, right? Like that's understandable. But if what I mean by that is, I just want to go where I don't have to. Basically, worry about reflecting the glory of God. Well, that's never a thing. Like, Christians never have that. You don't have a moment where that's not, that weightiness isn't there, that it's not sacred. However, if, like I said, if you combine that with legalism or performance based stuff, it's crushing. But if you combine that with realizing that it is constantly your good father who is just inviting you into all the stuff that he's doing and inviting you to participate and to experience his joy well then it's a completely different thing well then it's like every day is full of all these awesome opportunities to uncover more treasure and unwrap more presence rather than like this duty or this burden
1: right right no i i love it (laughs) Yeah. Well, good. Sorry, but my brain my brain started to wander, so I think brain, this, is like, this is just a natural, sorry, my brain started to wander to well, the question that came up. Yeah, on. the question so, that came up. So we do have a question. Could I tee it up? Well,
0: can I say, yeah, but can I say who it's from? I don't know, can you? Yeah, so we have a question. You're throwing it all comes sorts from, of names on the podcast. Yeah, man. it comes from, uh, this one comes from Aaron R., who lives in New York. So Aaron, Aaron R. from New York, um, I guess has some roots in Wisconsin, but he he sends in this question. Do you want to say what the question
1: is? Uh, I don't know if I know the question anymore I don't yeah I think you do go should, ahead and, okay. go ahead and so you you used an example in your sermon it was a, it was a great example of coaching baseball and you you essentially said there comes a point where you have somebody who is on the baseball team you you know let's see if I get it correctly but you you know they struggle with hitting the ball but that causes them to never swing that bat and so they they step up step up to the batter's box and they stand up there and they never swing the bat and you were saying that One of the pieces of coaching advice you gave to um, a a particular player was just get up there and I want you to swing all three pitches. Doesn't matter how they're coming in, doesn't matter how fast, whatever, swing at all three of them. And they swing at all three of them and they still struck out, but you were like just overjoyed that they had the confidence to swing. And what you were saying was that's a lot like us with our faith. We are called to, you were saying to be faithful isn't necessarily to worry about putting that bat on the ball. It's to get into the batter's box and swing and let God be, let God be the one who's fruitful. The question came in, and we'll see if I can frame it properly, is at what point, at what point do you keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging, keep swinging, keep missing, keep missing, keep missing? Or maybe you, you connect every once in a while, but you keep swinging, keep swinging. At what point do you maybe become a little more measured when you're swinging based upon the fruit of those swings. So at what point do you measure the fruitfulness of where you're being faithful and say, maybe I need to put stock in something else? So I think maybe they would say, maybe for that player, at what point do you say, maybe baseball's not your sport. Maybe, you know, maybe, <laughs> well, maybe, in, maybe you got to hop on the soccer field or, you in know, this,
0: in this illustration, baseball is everyone's sport. Oh, the, Cause, okay, like, okay, cause okay. baseball represents Christianity. Cause baseball is the greatest sport. But, oh, okay. um, no, that it's a great, it's a great question. Aaron R. from, from New York. Thanks Aaron. Um, I, I think so. So here's what I would say to this, that the first obstacle, the, the faith is to swing and, and, faithfulness is what god cares about right so so when we're talking about swinging of just like being scared is like the parable of the talents and just burying the talent and going to the master and saying i knew you were a shrewd man like i i didn't i just didn't want to lose anything right that's the that's the servant who is cast out um and so so the worst thing that we can do is look at it and say man this is also like i don't even know how i would join in with God's work, like, I'm not equipped enough, I'm not any of this stuff, enough. and so we just don't do anything. We are, we do grow in that, but it's in the movement, in the faithful steps that God shapes us. So, using the baseball analogy, yeah, like, I you know, I mentioned this even, that hey, we can start to tweak, you know, we might say like, hey, how about this time you try facing the pitcher, you know, this time you try opening your eyes, and and once you start realizing, you know what, my wheelhouse is right in here. I'm not going to swing at a ball 10 feet over my head. If five years from now, if that kid continues to play baseball and five years from now, he's still swinging at every pitch with his eyes closed and spinning around, you'd say, oh, that's, that's immaturity as a baseball player, right? So um, – So there's differences in like we we are supposed to continue to grow up. You know, Paul talks about this of growing, maturing in Christ and that we should not be left. Like there are things that we celebrate. There are things you celebrate in a two-year-old that you don't celebrate when they're 14, right? There's just, you just continue because it's a heart issue, right? Like So a kid who is scared to swing the bat, him going up and swinging three times is a tremendous act of faith. But the person who has been playing baseball for a long time and is a skilled hitter, just going up and swinging wildly at three is actually laziness. Right. right? And so it's a heart level issue. And my point is, yes, we want to, and, and I know that part of that question, because um, Aaron also asked us this question or asked me the question. He asked the same question to both of us. Part of that question was we talk about We want to go where the fruit is. Like, where do you see fruit? And you start responding to that. But the only way you see where fruit is, is if you're swinging. Yep. If you go into a a coffee shop and you are totally unaware of the presence of God and you're totally unaware and you're just like, I, in, in the last thing on your mind is joining him in his work. Well, then you won't. And you'll leave there not growing, not having grown at all whereas if you go in trying to listen to his voice and you think you're you think you're supposed to say something to this barista and then you learn then from that from that interaction oh the, this is how I would handle that if I got to do this again this is what I would do this is what the disciples do when Jesus sends them out they come back and they get feedback but they would have never known any of the things they would not have understood what fruit looked like they wouldn't have understood like how to grow in any of that if they hadn't gone out and done the things that Jesus asked them to do. Right. So, so that's where I, I guess where I would come at it is yes, as you swing, like the important thing is faithfulness. And in that moment, like just getting over the hump and just saying, Hey, just, just swing, just go for it. Don't be, don't function in fear and withdraw in fear. But then as you swing, grow and learn. The Holy Spirit will guide you and will teach you and will give you more experience. I am much better just much more skilled at sharing the gospel now than I was when I was 16.
1: But you're still doing it at 16, right? I, or I yeah. mean, but I mean when you were young in your faith. At 16.
0: Right? I had yeah. a gap. I had a gap in there, but yeah, 16 yeah. I was and at 16 yeah. it was it was broken and it was goofy, but here's the thing. If you're swinging And if you, like, just we're talking about sharing the gospel, but it also is just in ministering to people. Yeah, yeah. What is most important is that we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit and the nature of Christ that's in our swing. Now imagine that kid, that same kid going up there and swinging wildly and acting like a jerk the entire time, like, you know, and blaming the pitcher, like, Mm -hmm. oh, he didn't swing it, you know, he didn't throw it right down the middle and, like, oh, it's not my fault. The umpire was like, like all that stuff. You'd be like, oh, dude, you're kind of. You're not a very sympathetic character right now, but, um, and that's unfortunately what happens sometimes. And so we want to exhibit the nature and the character of Christ. And so if you are loving and humble and kind and patient and generous and gracious and all these different things, like if you are exhibiting that, then as you swing, you're also gonna be listening and you're gonna be responding to that and you're gonna grow. And if you keep doing that every day, and I'm just telling you is from personal experience If every day you start to see those opportunities around you and you start and you practice the presence of Christ and you're listening to him. And when you think he's calling you to do something, you do it in faith and in humility, then you're going to respond. Then you're going to learn of like, OK, so that's how that works. And OK, I'm, I'm hearing, OK, that wasn't actually I don't think that was actually the voice of the Holy Spirit. I think that was. I think that was me and I just like got something in my head and like you learn as you do it. But if you don't do it, you don't, you don't learn. And and so I would say definitely going in and then as
1: you're doing it, then yeah, go to where you see God working. Yeah. And what I love is that we have built in, we have built in help in being accountable in, in, in evaluating those swings in the fact that we have our church, right? Like we have our church family that are able to be there with us, you know. Like wh- one of the things I used to love about playing baseball, and I'm not a huge baseball guy. Uh, baseball was ruined very. Really, <laughs> I caught a baseball with my face in sixth grade, and that did you pretty, catch it? No, I if you no, caught I didn't. That's pretty I ca- impressive. Did not catch it. I, uh, I, I mean, no, I did not you catch it. it. I you dropped it. You dropped it with your dropped face. It, dropped okay. it with my face, yep. and it dropped me. Yep. Um, so baseball was never really my thing. But one of the things I did love about baseball is when the person is in the batter's box, the whole dugout is in there behind them. Right. Because that's kind of like the image of baseball is the whole other team is on the field and you've got one person on your team who's in the batter's box and everyone's there pulling for you. Yep. You know? And so when you are in that batter's box, when you are swinging, you have a lot of eyes on you to help you evaluate. And that's why you have your church family with you so that when somebody, when you do miss, or when, you know, you hit that ball and it goes way foul and you're like, man, that was not, that was not on. You have people that can go, Hey, um, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best way to communicate to your kids, or you know, maybe that wasn't um, the best way to deal with that situation at work, is that, like you're saying, with humility, we, we grow and we learn, but we don't do that if we don't actually try. We don't do that if we're not actually taking those swings, which is part of the reason I love that analogy, and I think we see that so often with the disciples. I, as you were saying that, I was thinking of Peter, man, and how many times we just hear Peter, you know, basically swing, and he just sticks his foot in his mouth, or he he fails in some spectacular way, yet he continues to pursue Jesus. He continues to trust in Jesus, and and I think that that's beautiful. And so, um, yeah, I think it's I th- I I love the analogy. I was thinking of even in weightlifting, you know, I I love so I do CrossFit and I love some really complicated movements with um, Olympic weightlifting movements, but the best way you learn how to do them is you just. You do them, and you, you have to do them. Wait, I thought you, I was
0: just watching a bunch of YouTube videos, and then you perfectly Oh, yeah, then you, then you
1: perfectly just nail, yeah,
0: obviously. That's anything, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like I, I've tried to, like with photography, I see that all the time, and people just don't do it. And I'm like, the first thing, people are so concerned uh, about, like, what camera to the get or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, like, first thing is take pictures. With whatever you have, take pictures, and then you can learn both what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, what you're good at, what you're not, where you need to grow, like all those different things. And I think, but I also understand like the second part of that question was like, well, how do you know when you should keep swinging and when you should just like move, like yeah, move yeah. on? And that's kind of the whole shake the dust off your feet or persevere. And here's, this is a, I think a really important point because the Bible says both. And so what we were talking about using the illustration of like what happened to me on Saturday, where, I can find scripture to defend what my flesh wants. Like, you have to really be mindful of that, that Satan quotes scripture all the time.
1: That's what the Pharisees did, right? The Pharisees quote scripture,
0: right? They have a defense. They have a biblical defense for why they're looking at Jesus and calling out Jesus. So if the Pharisees can call out Jesus using Scripture, then certainly we are able to use Scripture to defend whatever we want to do. And so that's why it's so important that we're discerning in the Spirit, that we're not just, like, treating Scripture as, like, a legal textbook and say, well, I'm—like, what we do with a legal document, because with a legal document, you just have to find a defense. Like, if you can find some loophole, something that says, like, okay, so then this is okay. And so what will often happen is we will think that— um, If we want to shake the dust off of our feet, like if we're in a tough situation and we want to quit, we can quote like, well, hey, Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet. If you don't, if they don't receive you with peace, then just go, like leave, go on to the next town. And we can justify that to ourselves. Also, we can justify to ourselves, um, like if what we want to do is we want to just, we're being stubborn or we just We are ignoring other things and we get fixated and we see like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to solve this problem or I'm going to reach this person or I'm going to accomplish this thing. Then we can say, because the Bible says to persevere and like, we're supposed to like, you know, not get, not get drawn away and not get distracted and not be tossed for like, I am, you know, keeping my eye, you know, eye and focused and sticking this out. Well, that's also, you know, a, a problem. And so I think what we, what I really want to get across is whatever you do in any moment, it is listen to the spirit and you will hear him as he, as he quotes, as he does quote scripture, you know, often, you know, or he does bring things to mind that he, and then test that in your spirit of saying, okay, is that, is that what I'm, is that actually what Jesus would be doing in this situation? And not to go to WWJD, but there is an element to saying, well, Jesus was flesh incarnate, like he's man incarnate, like God incarnate. So he is God in the flesh and he lives the life that we could not live, but also the life that we are called to live. So like the life that we cannot live in our flesh, but being reborn of the spirit, we are empowered to live um, in the way that he lived. And so I think looking at that and saying, "Okay, what is it that I'm actually called to do? And then and then in faith doing it. And that we've talked about this before, that doing the quote-unquote wrong thing, the thing that doesn't actually pan out in faith, is better than doing the quote-unquote right thing, but in the flesh.
1: Right. Every time.
0: And nobody—like, I, when I say that, I get, I, it's amazing to me how many people are kind of like, oh, wait a second, that, that doesn't feel right. Well, the Pharisees, over and over again, do the quote-unquote right thing. They know the law and they do what is required of the law and it is not in faith and you see how Jesus responds to that
1: yeah think think of the entire i mean we just went through the sermon on the mount yeah. earlier this year and think of the number of times he went through and said you said this and he right. directly quotes the old testament right. and goes you guys are directly saying this but here is what is like actually going on here yeah. and it's completely the opposite of how they are you know abusing god's word
0: yeah and i think so just I wouldn't inc- what I hope is that and I hope that the, that the sermon did this and I don't know if it did or not, but like you pointed out the need for community and I tried to stress that but I also like what I'm wanting for our people is to be able to see every day as sacred and significant so that they know like you know that you're not you're not isolated you're not you're not forgotten about. That you're not like doing less important things than other people are doing as far as the kingdom is concerned that you, everything has carries this like sacred weight um, to it, but also to be able to see that you have like the most amazing boss ever who is just so thrilled. Like again, we, we talk about this before. we like to think ourselves as children, but like as adult children who are like basically self-sufficient, but we are toddlers. Yeah. And if you picture a dad who invites their toddler, his toddler to help him with a construction project or with a, you know, like by handing him a screwdriver or whatever, the joy of the father just like in inviting the toddler in. And some toddlers know what a screwdriver is and some don't, and some might hand you the right thing and they may not, but it's not based on the performance, it's the relationship. And so, if we can if we can understand that that it's both significant, that will guard us from looking at our days with no intentionality, or with apathy, or with feeling like uh, with like uh, discontent. But if we also then combine that, seeing it significantly with understanding God's posture towards us, and that He is just giving us opportunity after opportunity to swing, because it's His joy to share. He wants to share his glory and his joy with us. um, Then, then it should breed in us uh, a sense of excitement for each day, Um, a sense of like intentionality and hopefulness with every moment. And so now, all of a sudden, an errand isn't just an errand; it's like time with God and an opportunity. Like who knows what's going to happen? It's like it's an adventure. Like running to the post office is an adventure. Well, sometimes it's. Sometimes it is like an adventure that you don't really want, but it is like, it's always that opportunity. And we see so many things as like distractions from what we really want to do or holding us back from, you know, what we think is significant and we miss out on the significance of every moment. And what was cool is we had a story shared even after later that Sunday. Did you? you? Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody in the church shared that they had an interaction, um, at, at Walmart, they had a sacred, sacred moment at Walmart. Oh boy. And they were just like articulating just being aware. Yeah. Rather than being so it was a situation that could have been irritating, could have been like definitely could have had the potential of being upsetting but to just be in that moment and say, "Well, this is a sacred moment. Like Jesus is with us." And then all of a sudden they had eyes to see something else that was going on and and like were able to be a blessing in that. And yeah. That's I'm like awesome. that that
1: that's it, right there. Like every yeah. moment. And just yeah.
0: imagine if all of us We're able to do that all the time and we're, and we're not like, again, it's not performance. It's not a weight that we're supposed to like be crushed by, but it is. Then we lift each other up in that. So imagine if we're able to celebrate with one another in that and encourage one another. And as we share stories with each other, then it sparks in our heart of like, yeah, I can do that too. Like, yes, God is also asking you, you get to participate in that, um, you know, in these different ways. And then we get to see how it all gets built together. You know, nobody it's so fun It's so fun when someone comes to the church and I'll, you know, talk to them and, and, and they will point to someone that they've interacted with at work, but never had like a direct conversation with, you know, a conversation or anything like that. So the person who's a believer doesn't even know that they've had that impact, but it was a piece in the puzzle. That they saw this person as having joy, that they saw this person being kind, and then when they started having questions about God, they thought, "Well, I want to go to church where that person goes. Yeah, like I'm gonna check that out." And it's like, yeah, because every moment it has that salt and light. Yeah, it's pretty salt great. And light. I love it's it. Pretty, it's pretty exciting. So fall pep talk. There, there's your fall pep talk.
1: That's part two. Uh,
0: that was part two. Yeah. yeah,
1: fall fall pep talk part two. Fall,
0: fall part. We just wait till the winter pep talk. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know if there's any, if, and, and I do hope if people are hearing this, I just keep coming back to that. Like, if, if feeling the weight of the, the sacred in your everyday moments, if that makes you feel pressure or puts a weight on you that feels crushing, I just want to say clearly that is not of God. Right. His yoke is easy. His 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 yoke is easy. His his burden is is light. Every bit as much as if I tell a kid just go up there and swing that if they feel a pressure to swing or it feels like a crushing weight, when I tell them to swing, I'm wanting to release them of any of the other fears with it. Be like, yeah, swing, miss, don't worry about it. Like just, just keep going. Um, so I really want, so if you are hearing this and it still feels like a crushing weight to you, I would encourage you to reach out to us. Let us, process through what does that look like in your everyday life like i think you'll find that it's actually way more freeing it's actually a really more it's a it's a it's a better way to live it's a more freeing way to live because it means i'm not constantly going through my day trying to guess like what does god have me doing and like what am i supposed to do here it's it's kind of the opposite of when people talk about like oh every moment Um, matters to God. And so that's when you get people being paralyzed by which cereal they should eat. Like I literally had people say that, we're like, I don't know, like what if I choose the wrong cereal? That is not God's demeanor towards us. He is not sitting there waiting for you to guess and be like, ah, you guessed wrong. You're supposed to do this other thing. It is just abiding in him and going through your day, realizing that he is with you and that you're abiding in him. And that's actually a really freeing, it's a really freeing way to live.
1: It's, it's it's how we're called to live, right? It's going back to that original, that's how we were created to live yep. as image bearers. And when we live in that reality, yeah, we're able to be free and able to live under that grace, which is just awesome.
0: That's so great. So all right, well, I hope it's been helpful. Has been for me. Well get <laughs> if it only helped one person, it was worth it. Yes. I, I do think we're up to like 12 listeners with people oh, that are boy. saying something. I mean, like, yeah. And obviously. Talking got, about pressure. We got Aaron out in New York listening. So that's, you know. Hopefully. That's the pressure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I hope it has been helpful. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you, um, again, if you need help in any of this, or you're to process it. Or if you want to share stories or ask questions. Like, we love all of those things. We'd love to hear stories of how you're seeing this happen in everyday life. Like how you are seeing God move and how practicing the presence of Christ and abiding in him and just functioning in faith. um, How that has been, how that's been a blessing and what has happened in that. Um, So obviously you can always email us at connect at faithpasturego.com or you can give us a call or talk to us on a Sunday. We would love, um, we would love that. So until next time, grace and peace.